there was a bit more of a delay on the clap than I expected. Uh, Discord's not the best. All right. But it's not the worst. That's my my favorite, like, box oh, quote. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, okay, if Discord had a box, can you picture that? In, like, in CompUSA, you go get the, the Discord software. Talk with your friends. Oh, man. I, I was immediately thinking, like, if Discord had a vagina... Because box is slang for vagina. Or used to be. I don't know if it still is. Get groomed by a pedophile. Yeah, that's a box quote. <laughs> the joke worked on a couple levels. <laughs> I, I, and I missed the whole thing because Discord farted out on me. I gotta God, wait till I, I, like I edit. Do we have to resync? Now that I'm talking. No, we're good. We're good. Um, I don't know. Should we have a show tonight? We can try. Us three have been drinking, so sorry, everybody. Um, I'm Cameron. Hi, Cameron. Hi. Hi, Cameron. And that's Chad. That's me. And, and, and we got our guest today. I'm Chris, otherwise known as the Gnomist Gnome. Uh, known. I put known in quotation marks, otherwise known. <laughs> so, Chris, I have to ask you, because I'm just meeting you for the first time. Nice to uh, meet you. The the gnome thing, where does? Because I played a gnome in D and D once upon a time until the the DM got fed up with us. But like, I, where where does the gnome thing come from? Is it like a World of Warcraft thing? Is it a D and D thing? Is it a you just like short people thing? Oh no, I, I hate short people. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, like, <laughs> we I, we before recording, I told all all the controversial things he shouldn't say on air. I'm not. And they found the one thing I didn't cover. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with short people. I mean, outside of the the whole problem of being short. Uh, but no, from the gnome, the whole gnome thing, I got it from uh, Dungeons, and Dra- Dungeons and Dragons. And um, I was playing D&D long, for a long time. Uh, my first character I ever made was not a gnome. It was a human wizard. But my second character I made was a gnome rogue. And that was uh, probably where it came from. Uh, There was this whole, like, I had weird dreams and aspirations in around 2015, 2016 of, like, starting up a YouTube channel and be, like, one of those those avatars that commentate on, like, current events or whatever's going on. So I was like, I got to come up with something unique that'll stand me out of the crowd and and. Sure enough, this is the most unique thing I could think of. I mean, it is fairly striking. Because there's gnomes, and then there's the gnomist gnome, and you're like, oh shit. Right, right. So I was thinking, oh, if if someone's going to know me, they're going to know me as the gnomist gnome. You know, I'm not just a, not just a gnome. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's where that comes from. I'm trying to figure out what the gnomist gnome is, other than just, like, the best pedophile, but it, it's not working. <laughs> well, um... If you if you think about if you think about a gnome, yes, and just like think about the gnomist gnome, so like a garden gnome with a really tall hat, just a just a the most garden gnomist of garden gnomes. Okay, I I can picture that. Yeah, it's supposed to be more philosophical than than actually envisionable. Okay, I'm trying to think of a philosopher that has the word anything similar to gnome in the name. 
but it's not coming to me because it's been a while since so I've had to take a philosophy class. The Descartes Descartes. I just, a... <laughs> I just posted a picture of my gnome from D and D that I poorly photoshopped. He's beautiful. <laughs> He's... I know, right? You've, you've posted pure beauty. Is that a skull? He's got, he's got that's, little... a, that's a skull yeah, on got... three bones. It's a little chicken bone staff with a human skull. Yeah, <laughs> on the top. Beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Now, what I loved about this was you made this art, but it's like you never shared it with the rest of the group. We just used it as the token on the screen. So mm. he shrunk down too much and you couldn't see it. Yeah. So we went for months playing. And I remember like towards the end, I, I like blew up your, your tile really big. And then everyone commented like, oh, there's a picture. <laughs> and everybody loved the picture. Like in retrospect, it was funny. Was he? Uh... Yeah, I was pretty happy with that character. Was he a chaotic evil gnome? Cameron, was I a chaotic evil or was I like on the money evil? Like I feel like I wasn't. I feel like no, Joe was more, the chaotic. You were, yeah, you were on the money. Um, I think that you had a thing that you dropped where you like you you made a pact with a demon where you had to draw pictures to make him happy, yeah. and you were always focused on that. Um, <laughs> the other the other players tended to get a little more out there. And that was the thing. We kidnapped a lot of homeless people. That sounds right. Kidnapping homeless people? Oh, um, my groups have only ever gone on homeless people slaughters. Like, never kidnapping. Well, we we had a no, paladin you... in our group, and he was like, no, we have to rehabilitate the homeless people and, and like, oh. get them off of their addictions. That kind of, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, but no, he would say that, but then you would just kidnap and drag them along on adventures and never <laughs> actually rehabilitate them. Yeah, that was. And great. then he got, and then he got kidnapped by the bad guy. So that was like the damsel in distress thing, because I needed something to inspire you guys to focus on something for five damn minutes, <laughs> which didn't work very well. I so I I've been um I've been really enjoying cyberpunk lately. With the the twenty seven seven came out right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't realize, but cyberpunk red also just came out. So I bought that right away. Is that and I've been. Oh, I'm sorry. What is Cyberpunk Red? That's um the basically the second edition of the game. I see. Okay. Uh, and uh, I've been having a lot of fun reading those rules, and it's like it makes me want to DM a game again, specifically because the world is so like uh, apocalyptic and fucked, and there's no law that even if you guys want chaotic, you're actually just being in character. Like if you want to murder a hobo, that's actually happening on the street, anyways. So it's not even, like, world-breaking. <laughs> sure. Murder hobos murdering hobos. That'd be a good name for a band. Maybe a small side project. Yeah. Oh, the, it would be, like, uh, MHMH, like the initials. Yeah, I feel like you could do a cool logo with that. Yeah, you could. I've been told that you're in a band, Chris, and I'm, I'm extremely interested in this. Okay. That's that's um, that's cool. I've... I've... This is news to me. Um, Cameron, did you don't lie you always to me? <laughs> I'm just, no, I, I, I am in a band. Uh, yeah, we've been in a, we've been a band for a while now, but uh, we started off as a we met in college, so we started off as like a music group. We we're just we just hung out, and um, the my other buddies in the group had a passing interest in music, and so I was like, hey, why don't we jam? Or they were jamming. They they do like 
garage band kind of like jam to rock band songs, you know? Okay. And so I, uh, they were like, oh, uh, you play music. I'm like, yeah, I play music rather well. So I'm going to school for music. And then, oh, cool. uh, yeah. And then, so we started jamming along, um, together around 2013, 2014. Um, we decided, Hey, we actually sound pretty cool when we jam. So we decided to put together a band and none of the other guys in the band were able to like write music or do anything beyond the act of playing. So Mm -hmm. it pretty much quickly went on my shoulders to be like the band leader. So I was like, all right, uh, you're no longer in the band. You're no longer in the band. Thank you. We're still friends. We want to hang out, but you're really bad at the bass. Matt, you go on the bass. Uh, etc. Etc. We had news. Okay, I gotta stop you there. I love that. Like, there's this thing amongst like bands and musicians that like the bass player is always the shitty guy that just <laughs> brings the weed and can't keep up. And then I have a bass guitar and I never practice, but I tell still tell people I have a bass guitar because I feel like I have to like fit that image. Like, I can't play it, but I own it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, or fortunately, it is it is a very very fitting stereotype because that's that's just the the half of it you know there's the there's the old uh, h- how do you uh how do you get a bass player to to fix a light bulb you have the guitarist show him how to do it first and it's that like I was coughing but that was funny <laughs> the so yeah yeah we, we moved uh moved a bunch of people out uh we secured the formation which was me singing and playing the guitar, my buddy Robert on the guitar, Matt on the bass, and our old drummer Bryant was playing. We came up with this band name called 8-Bit Radio. It was really fun. We were just we we're just going to have like chill rock, you know, like fun stuff to play and listen to. Um, then it turns out our drummer was a, a, a jerk. I was about to use one of the words we agreed not to use. Um, he was a he was a jerk um and so we fired him and we got a new drummer in and because the direction of our music had changed so vast uh, so so vastly from what we were doing previously which was just kind of this hard rock like you know who cares sort of stuff into this more progressive and thought out uh rock and roll we changed our band name from 8-bit radio to stormlight which it is right now and that happened beginning in 2016 or so. So we've been this new setup for almost five years now. Cool. Um, what's an album? Because I like legitimately want to like listen to a, a song. I'm, I'm really curious. Like I love music, so I, like this isn't like me judging you. It's more like, oh, I know a musician now. I want to see what he can do because it's probably cool. All right. Yeah, we came out with an EP uh, at the end of 2017, start of 2018, around that area. And we came out with an EP called Colorblind, and we've been trying to put out more stuff since then, but uh, it's all been roadblocks and standstills. But nevertheless, we have things recorded. We're just waiting on releases, etc. But sure. Colorblind, Colorblind EP. I'm I'm getting off. Colorblind EP came out 2018. Stormlight, Colorblind. Look it up. We're cool. I like this so far. It's a good opening riff. I'm, I'm listening to the, the Colorblind song. Oh, nice. That's probably the most appreciated and 
approachable song on the EP. There's some weird stuff there. Not too weird, but some weird stuff. I have a question. Sure. What is an EP? Um, Extended play. It's like a short album. Yeah, it's it's different from an LP, where it's long play. It's it's based on the size of old vinyls. But oh oh okay yeah. now this makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. So uh, an EP is like a half album, an LP is a full album. We still don't have albums. It's funny because CDs have been out of the music field for quite a while now. Um, and CDs had a track limitation of uh, 120 minutes. No, no, sorry. An hour and 20 minutes. 80 minutes altogether. Um, and still, like, albums, we still don't, like, they still don't go past that 80 minute mark. It's very rare to come across albums that are longer than that unless they're like considered double I can albums. name quite a few <laughs> like unless they're named double albums or or they're just called collections but even nowadays i don't see them see them too often i feel it like, well yeah i guess some of them are double albums like arian's last couple are, are usually on two discs because he writes giant prog rock albums. oh yeah arian always just way too much music yeah he arjun's crazy i i i don't listen to him enough but uh I liked um, the 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 binary album. I don't think I've le- listened to that one. The only one I have of his is um the source, which isn't the newest one, but the one before it, where it was like really like super metal. Okay. God, that album's so good. Do you know who the Flower Kings are? I do not. Okay, the, they're another like per- sw- they're a Swedish progressive rock band, and I don't think that I. Sounds fun. It's it's been a while, but I don't think they've released. I think their last album was a single album, but like most of their stuff has all been double albums, like two, two, two sides, two CDs. And they have a lot of, a lot of songs. Like my favorite song from them is this song called the truth will set you free. It's this 31 minute Epic. It's just amazing. Symphonic. Looks like they released a song this year. Who are the flower Kings? Yeah, called Broken. Came out in September. Oh, great. I'm uh, I'm, I'm not keeping up on my news. Uh, I will say, going to, to the song I was listening to from you, I really like your guitar tone. It's, it's like really nice and bright. It's very inviting. Oh, thank you. Uh, one thing, the other guitarist in my band, he's really good at, at uh, keeping in check, is that his tone is, it doesn't get in the way. It, it's complimentary. He knows my tones are, mm-hmm. he, he, like works with my tones being brighter and he has the deeper, richer uh, distortions underneath that just really complement it well. And uh, the bassist, he works more in the mid mid range, mid ranges of frequencies. It's it's, it really works well to, to fill out the sound. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It, w- it was fun listening to that. And then the, the, these flower Kings, I'm not going to like listen to the whole song while we're talking, but <laughs> I, I like first little bit I've heard of them too. The Flower Kings are no joke. Yeah, you've got to put aside an afternoon for them. You really do. And, and it's music that you can't really... I mean, it's possible to like do other stuff and distract yourself and whatever and just listen to it. But if you really want to absorb what you're listening to, you got you got to put aside the time to be able to really listen to all the parts mm-hmm. because there's so much uh, melody, counter melodies, and, and textures and layers that go into it. 
that's kind of the aspiration my band has just to go in sure. with like a bunch of different things that that your ears can latch on to I love it when I find a band or just like a song that does that where like every time you listen to it it's like you find something new there's just some little like lick or piece of ear candy just hidden in there and you're like oh I didn't hear that like the first 50 times I heard this song like what the fuck how is that still here one of the things that's been fun on this show is that every once in a while me and Cameron do like a listen along where we just like recommend an album to each other and we listen to it a couple times and like then talk about it and it can be fun to do that with an album you like and just like, okay, I'm going to like sit down on the couch, I'm going to put my good headphones on, and I'm going to do nothing but listen to this album and, and, and see if I find something I haven't thought of before. And that's been a great way to re-experience music I like and then a, a fun way to experience stuff that Cameron likes. Oh, I think you guys did, I did catch one of your podcasts that, that you guys did a listen along. Oh, no. And I'm blanking on their name. But they, they did the album Nemo. Does that ring a bell? Um, they're Nightwish? like, they're, they're, yeah, Nightwish. The, I was going to say the gothic metal band. Um, yeah, 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 that was Nightwish. Yeah, Nightwish. I did catch that. And then it was the Ramones, I think, from Cameron. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know, that was a fun one. I, I never, I never listened to the Ramones outside of like the famous stuff. That's fair I, too. I hadn't either. And then I really enjoyed that, that album Cameron had me listen to, which was, it was fun to like discover them in a way that wasn't just like a pop culture reference. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I, I, I mean, or, as a musician, or no, was it was it the Dead Kennedys? Oh, it was the Dead Kennedys. Oh, the Dead Kennedys. I'm I, dumb. I wanted to recommend the Ramones, and I talked about the Ramones at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, as a musician, I feel like I'm slacking because there's a lot of like sort of stuff that you got to catch up on. Like you got to be up on. Like if it's your profession, right? If it's your inspired profession, you should know the literature. It goes into it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, if you're going to be a coder, you got to know the theory behind coding and what brought, what led to what current code is, right? I mean, I guess you don't have to, to be a sufficient coder, right? Like, I don't have Mm -hmm. to know what went on before. Like, I don't need to know um, what they did in the 70s to change recording, stuff like that. I don't need to know that to be able to write good music and to be able to produce it. Obviously, there are a lot of musicians around today that don't. Um, but I don't know. It feels like it's kind of important to know the roots. I think, I think it is in a way like I've, I've definitely looked into like some of the old recording methods just out of curiosity. And it's like, they had to be so sure of themselves when they went into the studio because it just cost so much money to afford tape and you couldn't redo it. You couldn't time align things to a grid if you fucked up. So it's like the closest take you got was the one you kept. And, uh, it's crazy how like easier things are. But it makes you really appreciate some of that old stuff where it's like, man, they had to go in and just be on the fucking money, every person in that band. Oh, yeah. It was it was a different time. And jazz music, that's what um, a lot of jazz musicians were very poor back day, back in the day, right? Well, they still are. Um, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I don't think that's yeah, a booming jazz, genre. Jazz musicians have never been on, you know, making money. Um but back in the day when they didn't have money and they still needed to record, put out a put out a piece, they wouldn't allow more than two takes. If if your first take wasn't good, you're allowed one more take and that's it. Wow. And that's what that's no pressure. And there was a it was so much pressure. People in the jazz there was so much drug drug abuse in the jazz community back in the days is is crazy. Like you know people were on 
point with their music. That's why jazz musicians are probably one of the best, some of the best musicians around. Still are. Yeah, I've heard that. I was watching a, a there's a YouTube video I watched where this, this jazz drummer was trying to play a deathcore song, and it was like the first time he was using a double bass pedal. And uh, I don't know enough about drummings to get the nuance from it, but a lot of the commenters were like, "Holy shit, it's crazy to hear like someone put that jazz flair on like this kind of speedy death metal." Would, and to me, it was just like, I can't believe he's able to do this if he's never used to playing this fast. <laughs> that would be interesting to hear, too. I, I'd have to look that up. Jazz player plays deathcore? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Cameron, say something. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I mean, I don't know music. I'm on Twitter. I made a, I made a new Twitter account <laughs> where I only follow um, racist Star Wars roleplay. Have you heard of this? Racist Star Wars no. roleplay. So there's a... so <laughs> I don't know exactly who started it. Um, but somebody was like... Uh, they, they make like... Well, here's one here. Where the account is racist data. And they'll just take like a screenshot of data. But he'll like say something racist. And people start making these spinoff ones. And now there's like a whole community of racist Star Wars fans. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> this is weird circle jerk. Where everyone loves, they, they all love Dr. Thunder, which is like the Walmart brand Dr. Pepper. So they'll just like Photoshop Dr. Thunder into Starstruck screenshots in the background for no reason. <laughs> it's super weird, but I'm scrolling through Twitter here. I'm just enjoying it. So Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. Star okay. Trek. Okay. I actually watch, I watched some Star Trek the other day. Normally I go to my, my neighbors every Wednesday and we play ping pong. And then the other day, they had, like, old Star Trek on, and we just drank and watched Star Trek the whole night, and it was fucking awesome. That's awesome. Like, what, original series? Yeah, yeah. Nice. They were, they were, it was, one of the episodes was, like, they found, they got, like, thrown into an alternate dimension, and they were, like, on board the evil Enterprise, or everyone was really cutthroat, and Spock had a goatee. It was super stupid. <laughs> and I oh, think I uh, show you got his fuck fan... Yeah, I want to show you a fan fiction that was actually a follow-up to that. Oh, God. Which uh, no, I'm honestly, it's pretty good. Well, I found Did that dead drummer thing. Um, if anybody's curious, uh, the guy's name is Zach Grooves, and then the YouTube videos, uh, jazz drummer attempts deathcore. And it's seven minutes long. I've I watched most of it. It's it's definitely kind of a fun watch. Oh, you know what? I have seen this. Yeah, I have seen this. This is this is this is a fun video. It's uh, I recommend it. Even if you're not into music, just watching watching a jazz. Someone with the jazz background analyze and approach uh, deathcore, which is also a a more niche genre of music. It's just really fun, really fun to look at. But he's also doing it right. Like I gotta say, this sounds good. Yeah, the dude's clearly talented. Like he's he's put his hours in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's so fun. Wait, I guess. Um, again, I don't know music so good. Which is funny because we do the like we do the the book club, and it's like I'm out of albums. I've recommended the two albums I like. <laughs> um, I like Weird Al. Does that count as music? Yeah, he's fun. All right. Yeah, I mean, he's... I still prefer his version of um day the day the music died, the Star Wars parody, than than the actual song. Of course. <laughs> the thing with Weird Al is really um interesting is when you're approaching it from a compositional standpoint. Which I do everything, everything I approach everything from this artistic, compositional standpoint. Uh, you look at Weird Al and you think, oh, "Rubbish, right?" 
because he never composes his own music, right? It's all someone else's music that's already been pre-composed, and he just rewrites the lyrics, does a few th- different things to add flair. But, I mean, there's a, there's a kind of artistic integrity in even that, in turning something that was made for something else into what you want it to be. Turning a song mm-hmm. about dead musicians into a song about Star Wars. I don't know. It's it's. Um, I I realize the way I said said that could sound like it's disgraceful, but I don't think that. Um, it's just very interesting. Very. I get the impression he really respects the source material he's working with. Oh, you got to. Like there's a there's a fondness, you know, for the songs he's playing with. But also, I think he writes his own polka music once in a while. Um, like he is capable of writing music. He's a, I, just, I think it's just stuff that people don't really listen to. He's legit a good musician. Like. I've seen some mm-hmm. stuff he plays, and he plays, uh, he plays the accordion like a madman. Um, and you kind of have to like music, the music you're you're reworking, rewriting the lyrics to. You have to like it in order to do that to it, because you're spending so much time with the song, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like I wouldn't write music that I didn't like. I, I sure, you know, like I I enjoy the music I'm writing. So do you guys, like, produce your own stuff? Produce? Like, um... Yeah. Like, mix and master. I mean, uh, yes and no. Yes, we have, but, I mean, we're not necessarily married to producing our own stuff all the time. Like, but all this... But the EP, mixed and mastered by us. Not mastered, sorry. Mixed and produced by us. It was mastered by another person. And mastering is just the process of evening out the levels and making sure everything is at a listenable volume 100% of the time. Or what I do is run it through ozone. <laughs> that could work too. Not, not the, it's a uh, quick and dirty, but yeah, it works. <laughs> I guess my, my, my more roundabout question is like, do you get to a point where you don't like the, the songs? Like you, you've, you've worked on them enough. You're, you're, you spend hours on them and you're just like, it's done, but fuck this. Like, do you ever hit that? that point because i definitely hit that with other projects that i've worked on uh it, it's like i know it's done when i don't want to touch it ever again sure kind of thing sure yeah I've... but then you got to play it yeah uh well i mean we have a few songs uh, actually there's um one song in particular from the ep that we've we're just we're never gonna play it ever again we <laughs> we we you know a lot of people like it because it's an outlier on the EP, it sounds nothing like the rest of the songs. It's called Intangible, um, and it's it's cool and interesting musically and everything. It's very, very uh, different to what our other stuff is, and the song is is fun and and great to listen to and play. But we as a band, we just hate playing it. We hate playing it. Our, my drummer, he hates it. He, he, oh wow. It's, it's like you would think that kind of drum stuff with a lot of drum fills and, and, you know, fast moving parts, it's that a drummer would like playing that. He hates doing drum solos. He hates any, he hates being in the spotlight, which is kind of strange for a drummer. You know, I can't mm-hmm. make him do an eight minute drum solo while we all take a bathroom break, which. The drummer from Shinedown also hates drum solos. Which is is funny because I, I saw them live and their bass player hurt himself and so it was basically just uh, Zach and Brent and the drummer was just like I'm gonna sit over here and drink and watch you guys 
play the music. <laughs> like, why don't you want to do a drum solo? And he's like, I think drum solos are the biggest waste of time and space that you can do at a concert. And I've met, you know, I've been to other shows where like, no, they, they block apart five minutes for the drummer to do a drum solo. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny that there's like this huge spectrum there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually kind of cool because I don't have to worry about like writing too fancy a part for him. <laughs> but if I don't write a fancy enough part for him, he, uh, he wonders what the heck's going on because more, normally the parts that I do write are pretty complex. I like, I like intricate rhythms and, and weird, uh, time signatures and stuff like that. Sure. I will say the one thing about being more of a digital producer is the, uh, the weird time signatures don't work because just like FL Studio is not a fan of anything really of more than 4-4 like getting it set up and having it change is, is a huge pain in the ass or outright impossible to some extent I, I have done some work in FL Studio and I still mean to repurchase it uh, repurchase it purchase it uh, before I had ha- had attained it through other means um, but I want to repurchase it in my new setup because I think I could do a lot of good work with it. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I hear you. Uh, doing odd time signatures and weird stuff with FL Studio, a lot of work. But very rewarding if that's what you want from FL Studio. Sure. And oftentimes I just want I just want a weird, weird measure. I just want a me- weird measure. Cameron, I feel so bad that you're not talking. <laughs> I know. That's no, okay. I'm, I'm watching my, my stocks here. I've got a 21.2% return on Bitcoin right now. Oh, damn. Nice. Did you put in like uh, three bucks? No, I put in 400 bucks. Oh, that's a lot. That's not that much. Yeah, you know. I bought oh, a table dude, for $400. But it's, but it's a lot. Did, did you guys follow the Disney news last week? No. Because uh, before Disney was going to unveil their new Star Wars movie. So I thought, hey, I sold all my Disney stock. I should chip in now. So I chipped in, and then they announced 20 Star Wars movies. Whoa. And, and Indiana Jones and The Hobbit 4 and um and Hannah Montana, whatever. And so then, like, the following day, I checked my stock, and it went up $125. So I was like, well, I'll sell that. <laughs> I, nice. That. That means I can buy Cyberpunk 27 <laughs> without a without any guilt. That's awesome. I would have thought it would have went down because I, I feel like the the zeitgeist was like kind of disappointed. It's like, wow, Disney's really got a monopoly and they're gonna ruin all of these franchises now. Like, like it, it's because the internet's just so cynical and sad and mean about everything. Well, and it's so- weird. Um, they're doing stuff that everyone has asked for. So mm-hmm. there's an Ahsoka spinoff. There's uh they're bringing back Clone Wars. It's like a sequel to Clone Wars. They're they're moving forward with the Obi Wan show, and Anakin's gonna be there. They got Hayden Christensen to be there. Oh yeah, they. Um, Was he actually doing anything though? Yeah, and then um they're gonna make a movie based on Rogue Squadron. I know, I know. You, okay, that sounds fun. I know Ewan McGregor was was an actual actor outside of Star Wars. Even before Star Wars, but Hayden Christensen, yeah, I don't think he was doing anything outside of Star Wars. He, but boy, he loves Star Wars, and he's actually commented multiple times that he's sad that they won't invite him to conventions because he loves Star Wars so much. He's like, I got to be Darth Vader. Well, they have a bunch of kids at at (laughs) Star Wars conventions, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be terrified with Hayden Christensen around my kids too. 
I heard is there a an, fan is that an actual theory. allegation? That's that's news to me. No, it's no, in it's, film. It's, yeah, well, I mean, I don't want him to order sixty six. You know. Oh, that was a joke. Yeah, I was, was literally gonna Google Hayden Christensen pedophile and be like, "Man, that's the second pedophile <laughs> reference we've made this show. That's too too many." Well, now that the pedophile reference has been made, is the second one. Ah, <laughs> uh, so anyways, about music. Um, I oh, okay. Here we are talking about movies. Uh, do you ever think about what it would be like to compose a movie soundtrack? Oh yeah, I mean, I no. hate, I hate the the state of modern movie soundtracks i feel like they're um hokey and cheesy and kind of like cookie cutter like they're very very um like people who compose music from movies know how to use the tools uh to the best of the, like the best that those tools allow and so when you get this like like these emotional string moments, you know, it's like, oh, it's epic and powerful and sad, you know? It's like, yeah, but every other epic, powerful, sad soundtrack sounds exactly the same. Like, you got these strings that come in, it's, 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 it's all just cookie cutter. I, I mean, I would love to compose for movies. Uh, I would love to compose for anything, I'll be honest. But, um, uh, so, sometimes it's so disappointing. The lack of difference. But, I mean, it's what the general public wants, or at least what the movie producer wants. So, you know, when it mm-hmm. comes to a composer, their hands are tied. Did you hear about the... Violin goes sad. Did you hear about Avatar um, and their music No, no. Thing? What happened? So, not Avatar, the last airbender, the Avatar movie. The James Cameron yeah. film. Okay. I thought we were going to talk about Avatar the band. Yeah. No, do you- I'm sorry, do you know my inside joke with Avatar? I don't. So, I love Avatar so much. Um, I follow them on Twitter, and I try to respond to, like, every tweet <laughs> with, like, words of encouragement. Like, like we're filming here in Hawaii, and, and the cast is learning how to dive, and it looks like they're having a lot of fun. I go, wow, that is a lot of fun. I wish I was there, too. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm waiting for the opportunity for someone to ask me if I'm an Avatar fan, just so I can say I've never seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been doing this for two years, and no one's like asked me about my Ooh. Avatar tweets, so I just keep doing it, and I make myself laugh. Eventually, you will get that question. It will all pay off. Yes. Um. So I appreciate your your willingness to stick to a bit, Cameron. If it takes, I've also like I have purposefully not watched the movie because actually I had an opportunity to. Now that it's on Disney Plus, my dad was like, "Oh, do you want to watch Avatar?" I'm like, "No, I want to keep my my." Uh, my bit going yeah. <laughs> your integrity it wouldn't work if Pretty it much. wouldn't work if you have to lie at the very end of the bit yeah <laughs> so avatar was this fantastic uh huge billions of dollars production and they went and they asked these like super high class high profile music composers hey we're creating an alien nation in this alien planet, this whole foreign thing, you know, we want music that sounds alien, that sounds like it's from this alien tribalistic society, that stuff that, that, that would develop there. And so these music composers, this group of music composers, like three or four of them, these really high class, smart people were like theory, theory, like went super deep into music theory. And we're like, all right, we're going to, we got to come up with, 
not only new sounds that they would have developed, but also new instruments that they would have developed, right? How did the ears work of this alien tribe on this planet? How did that, how does that all come together to create this new, this new sound? So they had gone through all these lengths to come up with this weird music. Obviously, they wouldn't be using 4-4 that's so common here, you know, dun, 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 right? That wouldn't be, even if you listen to other cultures' music, that doesn't, you know, on Earth, that doesn't ring true for all cultures. So music, obviously, is much more complex in this alien world. Uh, the music is much, probably much more rhythmic than it is melodic. So they have a lot of instrument instruments that have more to do with rhythm and and the music. The the instruments that make the sounds themselves don't necessarily have tones to them, like you know how the um, the Australian um, didgeridoo, like that's kind of just one note, but it's but it's the weird inflections on that note that make the instrument so unique sounding. And so they had all this sort of stuff that that came together and they came up with this, like I, I I've never heard the actual like demo f- for it, but they came up with this demo of music after all this studying and research and putting together this like insane theory, music theory, like deep music theory sort of product. And they brought it to the, to the director. The director's like, yeah, that sounds so cool. And so out, out, out of this world, it's, it is completely alien. And they brought it to the producer, and the producer's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> we can't have this. Have more singing. Have, have oh. more... Have... What, what? Why... How is this a mu- movie soundtrack? Like, we need actual... I demand sad violins. We need, we need violins. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, um... Okay. So they scrapped 95% of it and went with standard movie music is the worst <laughs> that movie made a lot of money though so i mean the producer you know, I, I, the movie was it the wrong decision but would the movie have made but would the movie have made all that money solely on the soundtrack i don't know i mean it's hard to i feel like Movie soundtracks, the way they're at right now, you almost never pay attention to them unless they're really good or really bad. Otherwise, they're just sort of there to fill in noise. Yeah. It would have... So, like, if it was really good, yes. If people didn't like it, though, I think that could have, like, really stuck and tarred the movie. If, if people came out going, that music was too weird, the background music, I was so distracted every time it played, I couldn't pay attention to the dialogue. Like, it is possible it could have harmed the movie. It's also possible it could have, like made it even better so no i don't but if you ask but if you ask me like if you ask me do you remember the music from avatar i would say no one fucking no. remembers the music no. from avatar no one remembers the music from avatar no one remembers most of the characters from avatar I, I, do you remember blue people do you remember the music from um uh bu- 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 batman v superman i never no. watched the movie oh okay that that's i think the most memorable part of the movie is at the end when uh, who's who's the uh, who's the guy that kills um, who kills Superman, the Monster Man, Batman? Um, I don't remember. You know who's the? No, it's always gonna, like it's are you like about to spoil the movie or, for me? No, it's a comic book thing. Are you about to spoil the comic like books Doom for me? Or something. Yeah, uh, it's Doctor Doom. The guy that Doctor no, Doom in a DC like, movie. It, no. The guy that killed Superman, 
back on issue 100 or whatever. It's uh, Batman, right? No, but he shows up. Lex Luthor. And then, and it's like, oh no, it's a monster. And we have to stop him. And Superman's like, I agree, Batman. I also have a gravelly voice. Um, And then the, the monster's going to attack him. And then out of nowhere, a shining golden whip lassos around the monster and holds them back, and the camera whips over to see Wonder Woman. And then this soundtrack kicks in that confuses the audience. <laughs> where out of nowhere, in in complete different tone than at any other point in the movie, you hear these violins going... What is going on? It is the most distracting, bizarre sound. I gotta look up Batman I'm gonna have to look up that scene. Wonder Woman music, what? Doomsday. Doomsday, Doomsday is his name. Oh, I was close. I knew it had Doom in it. Yeah. Because DC. Right. They're... Okay, now you guys are going to laugh because you, you're going to hit play and you're going to hear exactly what okay. I just sounded. <laughs> ah. It's kind of badass, though. It is badass. I, I kind of like it for what it is. It's just completely out of left field and from a different movie. That's, um, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. That's And they repurposed this melody in the Wonder Woman music, but it's better. Yeah. Because it, like, fits the tone of the movie. Right, right. <laughs> that's, um, that's a guitar with a distortion and a chorus effect. Okay, that sounds more right. It's just, I feel like that's the one thing people remember from that movie was that weird thing that happened when Wonder Woman showed up. And a phaser. Oh, lots of reverb. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm analyzing the actual sound oh, yeah. of the guitar. My bad. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, that's a bad movie, so that's not a great example. But I know sometimes people take the music away more than the film. Oh, what's the what's the music movie, movie like, with good music? Uh Shrek. Shrek. Indiana Jones. Shrek has incredible music. Um, Shrek has a good soundtrack. Shrek has an incredible soundtrack. Um, the trilogy, if you don't count Shrek three. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I I know exactly what you mean too. That's the best part. Yeah, Shrek made Smash Mouth palatable. That's hard to do. Um, that there was also I was watching this video. I have to I have to find it real quick. Um, but they were talking about like the genius of Shrek music like the Shrek movies and it's like the juxtaposition between like composed actual like film music and pop music and how it's used to like uh how it's used to to tell the story of of these people rejecting and uh embracing their set paths and and uh oh I got to look it up Shrek music genius yeah, why the soundtrack of Shrek is actually genius. It's a 17-minute video, so obviously watch it on your own free time. But Sideways is a very good... i got to clear my throat. Uh, sideways. Oh, it'll be something good to watch when I play... Uh, or when I like paint miniatures. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a good one to bookmark. Um, I have another like weird movie soundtrack thing. Um, This is like kind of a comedy bit. But I'm, my understanding is that it actually works. Have you ever heard of Paul Blart 2 and Dark Side of the Moon? Oh, God. What? I feel like I've heard people mention this, but I've never actually like experienced it. So someone found out that Paul Blart 2 
syncs up perfectly with <laughs> the dark side of the moon. <laughs> and it's it's funny it's funny in concept, but he gives these multiple examples that are so shocking that it makes me wonder, like, wait a minute, is this on purpose? Because there's a part where they play this, you know, the song "Money." Yeah. Um. How's that go? Money. Money. So I don't know the lyrics. There's a part. There's a part in the movie where the the reason they're at this uh, hotel is there's a um there's like a, a shopping mall security conference, right? So they show up at the at the conference hall. And there's this dramatic thing where Paul Blart and his friends like open the doors, and as they swing in, money starts playing, and it's like the show floor where it's all the latest mall cop tech, <laughs> and it's a montage of them playing with like the different gadgets and the and like the stun gun and this thing and the new Segway, and it's playing money while they're playing with all these gadgets, and there's a part at the end of the song where it ends with these like last three notes, they're like bon don don. That goes in rhythm with, like, the bad guy of the movie, like, has a little, like, dart pistol, and he takes it from Paul, and he shoots these targets in sync with the damn song, where it's like, done, done, done. And once the targets fall, the song ends. Oh, wow. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. But then what makes this more trippy is at the end of the movie, when the climax is coming, the bad guys have taken over the, the hotel... So Paul Blart has to sneak into the the hall and steal all the gadgets to help him. So when he shows up, money starts playing again because you're on the second playthrough of the song or the, yeah, the, the album. Yeah, the, re- the reprise. And again, <laughs> it freaking lines up with the whole scene. And That's it's amazing. Like, it's like there's a, a certain element of editing and storytelling where it, the same way with a well-balanced album, there's going to be like an ebb and flow that just naturally is palatable. Because I think that's what happened with The Wizard of Oz, yeah. too, is that that movie is pleasing to watch because it just happens to land right. And that's why it syncs up with Dark Side of the Moon. But Paul Blart's shocking. Oh, um, <laughs> It's like, it's almost upsetting to see it work out so well. I... Cameron. Oh, no, go Yeah. On. All right. Um, we should... You first. Okay, Cameron, when you come over, we need to watch a Neil Breen movie to Dark Side of the Moon to see if they sync up. And if they don't, who gives a shit? Because, let's be honest, those things to Dark Side of the Moon is going to be better than watching a Neil Breen movie. <laughs> um, when I was uh, doing, when I was taking my little forays into, like, film and video production, um, one thing I found out is that editors love, love inside jokes. Movie editors, professionals love inside jokes you'll you'll find the um what's that one famous scream the wilhelm scream scream. you'll you'll find that in so many so many movies just because the editor likes the joke and they'll have it super soft like in a crowd scene or or some sort of explosion it'll be super soft but it's there and other editors you know it's like a signal to other editors like I'm in on I'm in on the joke, and so this Pink Floyd thing, maybe total coincidence. I doubt it because editors love their inside jokes. I think it's possible. I think we should do a short movie, but have it sync up to only like the first two songs of Dark Side of the Moon, because then the movie's over, and then no one will ever link the two together. Because <laughs> it's no too short. We, yeah, but we would know. 
And other very in-the-know editors will know. A very small amount of people will know. It's a very interesting mm-hmm. niche. The Blart side of the mall. <laughs> nice. Yeah, if anyone out there is curious, just look up Blart side of the mall. It is a fun watch, but it's also like... It makes it feel like art, because there's this inside joke that Paul Blart movies, those are bad. And it's like you don't even have to watch them to appreciate that they're bad. But for some reason, everybody also kind of loves them, even though you don't watch them. It's this weird internet culture thing. Paul Blart is such a weird, just in general, such a weird phenomenon. I liked the I liked the first movie because it's like, well, this is cute enough. I like Kevin James, whatever. I don't know why it became this like trendy thing to bring up. Because you just you can't predict these things, right? <laughs> Where'd my thing go? Here it is. So, I just I caught the time here. I don't want to take up too much of your time, no me. You're not taking up any of my time. We're good for. I'm good till after till a little after seven. That's well, okay. Chad wants to go to sleep anyways. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I do want to say. This has been a fun talk. I feel guilty not contributing, but it's been a real pleasure to listen. You contributed. I, I just like you contributed. I don't by know your much presence. about music. Yeah, but you know about creating things, obviously. Yeah. I was gonna say we should have talked about their creative process more because I feel like no matter what we do, you can kind of like talk about that, right? Like, well, you're gonna have to writing music versus writing comics versus writing books. You're gonna have to bring me on again, then. Like you know that. Oh yeah, you're certainly you know, welcome again. You know that. That if you want to cover the creative process with, with the full bona fide creator, obviously I'm not a YouTube creator in that sense, right? But I'm a creator. I don't know. It's the wine speaking. Bring me on. Yay, wine. <laughs> we all also we're all enjoying our very different drinks. Yeah, that's that's a fun night. I have myself a nice red wine. I feel like just eat. Just because, why not? I should send you something of mine, just because you sent me something of yours. Oh. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've shared Chad's work with you. No. Let me find one of the things that's actually not mixed for garbage. Oh. Okay. Taylor Swift metal cover. I'll have to listen to that. Courtesy of Ozone. Ozone. From FLC. Yeah, I mastered it with Ozone. I've got some old stuff. Old stuff, like nine years old. That I made with FL Studio. Actually, maybe seven years old. Let me look. If you ever need, like, screams on a song and a guest vocalist, I'm seeing a vocal coach and I'm getting better. <laughs> All right. I, I, I gave up trying to learn how to scream a while ago because I know I could do it, but I don't want to put my voice through that that tension. So if I do need a screamer, I will definitely give you a give you a little ring. But I made all this stuff back in the day on FL Studio. Legally acquired, of course, paid for in full. <laughs> and I want Oh man, that last song is 17 minutes. Oh yeah. No, I've that stuff I'm telling you, I love the I love that long stuff. I got longest song I've written was 7. Oh. Wow. We, um, I know, right? <laughs> what are you doing? Sit on something for a while. Sit on something. Like if you, if a uh, good thing, if you find a good sound or this applies to anything, if you find something good, stay with it for a while. Enjoy it. 
build upon it because it's good. It's a good foundation. Make it the best it can be before moving on. Obviously, if you're enjoying like, like, uh, track four on this little bit that I, this little thing I linked, um, it's got like this long segment of just real nice chord, just silence. And it's, or not silence, but it's just this chord swelling. And it's just so pleasant. And it's after this, this, this loud sort of climax of the tune. And it's just, you know, I really, I, you really just gotta sit on something that's good. You gotta, you gotta extend the good points. And, and sometimes there's, there's, there's like the, like, if it's really good, you don't want to sit on it too long because you don't want to overstay its welcome, right? Mm-hmm. But other times, you just got to lean into it and let it last because that's that's what we're going for. We're going for something that'll last, that'll, like, stick in your ear, that'll really, really comfort you or soothe you or get that emotion going. I feel like that's one of the, my struggles if I'm composing something is, like, what? how long is too long because... Like, if I listen to a Metallica song, a lot of my problems with Metallica is that they will play the same riff over and over and over again to the point where I'm fucking sick of it. Like, most of their songs do not need to be six minutes long. Oh, that's... I can agree with and that. And so I'm like, oh... And so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that, so I'll play it a little bit, and then I'll move on to the next part, and then the next part, and then, you know, if I bring it back, how do I bring it back in a way that's different enough where you're not like, oh, they're just copy and pasting? Um, yeah. And so there's a confidence thing, you know, where it's like, really... A, being confident in like the riff you write or the melody you write that you're like, no, 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 I'm going to bring this back because it's good and people want to listen to it versus um, I'm going to bring this back because I'm lazy. Right. right. <laughs> I'm going to copy and paste it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's that approach too. I, I've, I've used that approach a few times and it's not the most proud moments of my life, but you know, sometimes, it, you know, you got to finish a product some, somehow. And, and if a mm-hmm. song needs to end in a certain way, you just, you take the good parts from earlier and you end it with the good parts from earlier because they were good earlier. Why not? Yeah. But if you're trying to write like a 17 and a half minute song like I wrote with this. Uh, by the way, if you want to look it up, it's it's under uh, SaturnAscends.Bandcamp.com. The album is called Colors of Life. I wrote it. I've, I've released it seven years ago. But this um, 17 and a half minute song that I wrote. It's it's a lot of sitting on stuff and allowing it to build to where it's where it feels right and then moving on and then bringing back the parts that felt right earlier and bringing them into uh, into this sort of like climax that like oh everything is just melding together perfectly or uh, arguably perfectly right what I thought was perfect mm-hmm. at the time obviously listening to it back now seven years later there are a lot of things I would have changed a lot of things I've done different but you can't really uh, on that too much you, you just learn from it and... yeah uh-huh. that really is the creative process though is learning and moving on mm-hmm. I think it you can do one or the other easily but doing both is what drives progress right right and and you never want to ignore the stuff you've done in the past, right? Because it, trying to write it off and and let it disappear is it's, it only does a harm to you because that's time you spent working on it, and that's time you could have spent working on something else. So if you have regrets of past works, that's I think a very unhealthy place to be in, because what you should know is that you you've taken something from those past works, 
and that you, you did spend time on that. You don't want to put that time to waste. You want to learn what did you do right with those past works? What did you do wrong with those past works? What can you do different in the future? How do we approach that future? And Yeah, um, real quick, because I had like, I, this year I put out a short story collection, and I was trying to source short stories from like, when I first started writing them to literally this year and just pick like the best ones or like ones I really liked. And going back to some of my older stuff, like I tried to save my uh, senior thesis for college because it was a, a science fiction story. And I spent like probably two and a half weeks at trying to edit this thing into something that was like salvageable. And eventually I was just like, I can't. It's just there are parts that I really like and there are certain things I did well that I still try to do. But for the most part, like as a narrative, as a character piece, it was just not good. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to just del- just throw it away. Like, you know what? I learned a thing and uh, they good enough. As long as you learn, no one from else it. needs to see it. As long as you learn from mm-hmm. it, that is time spent. Time well spent. We we don't have much time on this on this place. So any time uh, spent learning or uh, furthering your your goals is is time well spent. Agreed. So I'm really good with the slide whistle. That's how my time on Earth has been. The slide spent. whistle is an amazing instrument, supremely underrated. Na- name a song. <laughs> I, c- I can't. That's how underrated it is. I feel like there's a Spongebob okay. episode where they just use a, a shitload, and it's great. Slide whistle? Slide whistle, one of the first... One, one of the only instruments that can very easily uh, get uh, perfect intonation, right? Uh, because you could slide to the right note. The right exact note, if you know what it is. No, I never thought about it that yeah. way. It's also one of the few instruments that can make anything funny. True. Ooh. Oh, you were gonna do it. I was, just, I was imitating it with my voice. The slide whistle is 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 um, interestingly enough more uh, closely related to the trombone than anything else. Really? Yeah, I got a I got a trombone and I can't play it. It's hard. It's a little bit yeah, more difficult yeah, no. than the slide whistle. I will say. It's all about the amateur. I have to actually like make time to practice but for some reason i keep practicing a slide whistle because it makes me can you at least get a sound out of the trombone i got a sound but it's like i cannot make more than one note yeah that's a lot of breast support for something like that as hey you know what you got a sound out of it that's a start oh yeah i got the start and i can do better i just i i have not taken the time this year to get better hey that's what i did with the bass guitar so yeah i believe in you guys but Almost My brother bought me an amp New for it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This is a this is a quest for 2021. It's gonna be a great year, guys. It's gonna be a great year. God, I hope so. This has been fucking. This has been really fun, though. I'm glad we had you on, uh, Chris. Oh, this was a good time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Anytime, I will gladly chat and talk about anything. What are you playing now, Cameron? Is that a harpsichord? No, it's my thumb, like harp. Music it's thumb box. harp. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said you got one of those. I, I feel like that's tune. that's beautiful. It's such a cool thing you own, though. Like, I, I actually have one in my like wish list for Amazon in case I feel like it, but it's no longer in stock, so I might have to find a different one. I've got a um, recorder, an alto recorder, mm. but I don't know how to play it, so I'm gonna put it together right now because I'm drunk. And this is what I'm going to do. 
We all have things to do in 2021. Did I put it together upside down? I did. <laughs> it comes in three parts. So it's got the the exit hole, the the mouth hole, and then the put everything else in. <laughs> this is uh, this has become a whole musical episode. This is beautiful. I love this. That was quite the jam session. Oh, that I was <clears throat> I was playing a song and I didn't know what it was, and then I remembered it's the Mandalorian theme. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had this melody stuck in my head all day. It's like why can't I place this? I gotta. If I put on the. There we go. I gotta actually practice this recorder. What good is oh, it doing oh, me so, uh, sitting okay. here all, all getting dust? That reminds me of my glad space. Do we guys want to do want to do a glad space? Yeah, it's a glad space. Okay, we always yeah we always close out with um something that we enjoyed this week because it's good to take a time to to just reflect on things that make you happy. Okay, because it's easy to complain. Yeah, you're right. And I got it right here. I bet if it'll fucking load. Damn it! Here it is. Uh, I follow this lady. I love her so much. Um, Alina Gingertail. <laughs> I love it. Are you familiar with that name? No, but I love it. Tell. Oh. Um, so she, oh, she plays these beautiful like old world instruments, and she's done these fantastic covers of like Witcher Three soundtrack, a World of Warcraft soundtrack. Um, but she recently did the Mandalorian theme. It, like this just came up a week ago or a couple days ago. Um. And I love her cover of it because it's pretty much in tune with what plays, but I love her, like, authentic touch to it, too. Cool. I like that. What was her name again? It's neat to, like, click on... Alina Gingertail. Alina Gingertail. It's neat to click on a YouTube video of, like, this is a, a musician, and you're just like, I don't recognize any of these instruments. Why is she playing a Pokemon shellfish character? Well, yeah, and so, uh, remember that... Um, that Warcraft song I showed you where it's like a sea shanty about the daughter of the sea. Um, she did the best freaking cover of that. And she actually played that at BlizzCon. She was in the talent show. Oh, she's actually a ginger. Yeah. Okay. It's not just a name. It's an embodiment. That freaking, like, seashell instrument is super cool. Like, it looks like... Isn't it? Like a crab should come out of that thing. Like, that's fucking It's like awesome. a conch ocarina. Yeah. Well, do you have a... That's a fun one. I want that string instrument. Like, it's a weird, um, like a miniature cello. I don't know what it is. Just, like, listening to this. Um, So, My Glad Space <laughs> is a podcast. Uh, the Comedy Button, I've been listening to that podcast for a really long time. They put out an episode this week where they're doing a, a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Um, and, like, the nerdiest guy on the show is DMing, and everyone else is along for the ride. And a lot of them have never played D&D before. And listening to that hour and a half first session was just fucking hysterical. And it made me miss playing D&D. And it kind of made me want to try to DM, but it also made me want to play a really dumb Hilldorf because my one of the guys was playing a really dumb Hilldorf and it was super funny. And so, I guess, I don't know how well that episode hits if you've never listened to any of the other ones. Because <laughs> they, they, they embody their characters like really well. 
and it fits their personality. If you're like, oh, I've been listening to the show for 10 years, of course it works. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. And if, if anybody listening to this wants like a funny podcast, I'm like what's, what are some idiots playing D and D like hit up the comedy button and the newest episode, uh, is really, really a good time. Nice. Comedy button push play now. All right. I've got a, I've got a glad space. Um, so recently I got, I got diagnosed, um, I got diagnosed positive with, with having COVID. That's the spirit. Yeah. You got to keep your, keep your <laughs> um, attitude so up. So what that means is because I'm asymptomatic, meaning I don't have symptoms, meaning I, there's little to no threat on my life at all. What that means is I have to stay in my house because the government knows now that I have COVID mm-hmm. and I'm not allowed to leave. Uh, but what that means is I get to stay home and play video games um, or waste time. I recently set up my uh, my music recording stuff and I was able to record a few things. I'll, I'll post them in the server if you want to check them out later. But uh, what it also means is I was able to put aside some time to finish up some... Uh, games that i've been working on me and my buddy just finished up uh the last part of the trilogy of the we were here series and it's a these crazy puzzle games that are are co-op only very fun uh so that's been my glad space i'm just really glad to be able to finish up uh, some puzzle games and be able to spend time just meditating and recording music and thinking Sure. No, that is a glad space. It's weird where it's like I got I I have like a disease and I'm using that as an excuse to have a vacation. Like that's kind of where we are, right? But and obviously that's really oversimplifying it, but it is kind of funny where I don't know. I think we all just want a vacation at this point. Fun- I'm just like, oh shit, I want a vacation. Funnily enough, I might call my manager and be like, hey, how much how much uh vacation hours do I have? Just add that on to however long I've been away. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like one silver lining of COVID this year, traffic has been so great. <laughs> I like yeah. enjoy driving. I, I, I've been like really counting my blessings, and it's like this has been a super good year for Cameron. <laughs> you gotta make the best of it, regardless of what happens. You, you gotta. gotta. Mm-hmm. What's the alternative? Well, I wanna uh, exactly. You can make yourself miserable or you can make yourself happy. And it's like, you know what? I don't feel like making anything. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> oh, Chris, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Chad, for having me. Chad. Yes. Thank you for joining us. All right. Yay. It, it was funny um, because, like, we chat all the time. So it's funny, like, having a structured conversation for a change. Structured. <laughs> Oh well, I mean by comparison, right. normally it's just like, like we're so okay. I'm in I'm in Chris's Discord, and I'll just go into the voice channel by myself and start ranting about Warcraft while no one else is there, <laughs> and then he'll like slide in and hear me ranting about Warcraft, and it's like a <laughs> conversation. Yeah, or like we'll be in my uh, my Discord and we'll just like sit and play video games. Like we're playing our own video games. We're just playing video games while we're in voice chat. We're not talking to each other. We're just playing mm-hmm. video games. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm playing World of Warcraft. Oh, cool. Me too. Or not me. Obviously, I don't play it. Actually, I just started a new account, so well, I won't get into that. But oh. yeah, uh oh. Um, where's my where's my slide whistle? 
but this is this is this is fun having this conversation where we're we're actually trying to have a conversation and when you try to have a conversation it it makes the whole conversation thing nicer well good night everybody good night everybody um before we before we really close out though you got anything you want to plug more um my band anything to share my band i think i plugged them earlier but if not i will plug them one more time stormlight re-released a uh an ep two years ago called colorblind or three years ago rather colorblind it's you can find us on bandcamp spotify itunes google youtube stormlight s-t-o-r-m-l-i-g-h-t um follow us there or on facebook or on uh, instagram or twitter wherever doesn't matter we're not super active but we love you regardless yeah oh, you know what uh, alina ginger tail wasn't at blizzcon <laughs> i'm i'm thinking of a different singer God damn well, it. Yeah, that ruins your whole glad space, doesn't it? No, because I like the Mandalorian song. Oh, more. fair enough. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yay. Good night, everybody. Kiss, kiss. I love you. Boy. stop recording now.